Uh, was that Donald Trump's theme song? I think so. <laughs> I don't want to lose your lunch. <laughs> anyway, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And mercifully, the Iowa caucuses are finally upon us. Yes, they're underway as we speak. They're meeting in those little schoolhouses, part of the tradition of American politics. I've always thought that the Iowa caucuses are way overplayed in the media and hyped up way too much. But Iowa is like a scrimmage game. I think that uh, it matters, but I don't think it counts. <laughs> it's kind of like the Detroit Red Wings playing, say, the St. Louis Blues in the preseason. And they get blasted out seven to nothing. And the coach says, well, we got some things to work upon. But you know what? This doesn't count in the standards. Yeah. So, it, it, but it, I, I, I think that this year is a little different. Uh, it's going to be tight on both sides. I think the only thing we know for sure is that Martin O'Malley is going to finish third in the Democratic primary. <laughs> Martin O'Hooley? The question is, is he going to take enough votes from probably Hillary Clinton to let Bernie win? My own gut tells me that that will not happen, that uh, Hillary will narrowly win, but not by much. And I don't think it's going to matter much. This will be the Democrats sort of split up their delegates. So barring an, a, an enormous turnout, which I don't see happening, you know, it's remarkable, the... Uh, the record for the Republican caucuses is 125,000 people. Iowa's got 3 million people in the state. The Democratic record is 225,000. And I think that's from uh, the Barack Obama turnout back in 2008. I don't see that happening this year um, with the Democrats. So I guess we'll talk about them quickly. Because for them, I think it's just going to be on to New Hampshire. And what happens in New Hampshire, uh, Bernie's got a little bit of a home field advantage there. And if he doesn't, quote unquote, win Iowa, and I think once again, the characterization of wins and losses is sort of silly. Well, especially here in these first two where they're both going to be really close. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it might be six of one, half dozen of the other. And I think ultimately Bernie Sanders' platform and Hillary Clinton's platform are much closer together ideologically than anybody, than any two, pick two, pick two Republican candidates. Um, so at the end of the day, when the whole process is over, I could easily see Hillary working with Bernie or Bernie working with Hillary. Yeah. Uh, and I but I don't see that happening on the Republican side right. where uh, there are some major differences. Well, I think that's why the debates have been a little more substantive uh, issue-wise with the Democrats, because I don't think there really are many of those sort of personal attacks, mm -hmm. whereas the Republican debates have degenerated a little bit uh, at times into some personal attacks where candidates are picking out rivals that they see, obviously on the Republican side. I think the big question is how does Marco Rubio do? It looks like he'll finish third. Charles Krauthammer's picking him to go far. Yes. And I think uh, Donald Trump's already called him a moron. <laughs> I think you can look that one up on uh, Donald Trump's Twitter uh, record is, is becoming longer than the uh, 
number of nations that uh, vote vote against Israel <laughs> in the General <laughs> Assembly. Uh, the insults keep flying. Uh, the media keeps reporting that Trump is uh, going up in the polls. This is false. Uh, Ted Cruz has come down a little bit in the polls, but Trump is still kind of in this upper 20s, low 30s area. And even the last Des Moines Register poll had Trump at 28, Cruz at 23, and Rubio at 15. That's pretty close. Uh, the question in Iowa is, what does Rubio end up getting, and who finishes fourth? Ben Carson's performance in the debate Thursday night was remarkably bad. Um, even for him. Even for him. Um, I'm not too sure where he came up with the idea of reciting the preamble to the Constitution as his closing statement. That's he, like junior high school debate strategy for when you're out of ideas is yeah. what that is. <laughs> That's it's one of those things that we do sort of, rem I seem to recall in the eighth grade, we might have memorized that as a kind of a... For as Webster's Dictionary says, and then you give the definition. <laughs> it's like a, you know, it's, it's like those rote skills that you develop yeah. in junior high. Uh, back in the old days, of course, it was the Gettysburg Address that school kids would memorize. Mm. Um... But uh, I, Ben Carson is uh, probably going to be dropping out of the race pretty quickly. Farini, hopefully, is we'll we'll Finito, get to I think under the uh, spreading chestnut tree, the village smithy stands. <laughs> yeah, before he goes, the shores of Gitchy Gumi. Uh, I would have at least preferred uh, the Jabberwocky. Yeah, <laughs> twas brilly in this livey. Nonsensical horse. nature of that poem would fit his uh, ideological outlook. Well, when he was asked a question about Estonia, it was a hypothetical. He uh, seemed to be kind of confused about, he kind of knew where it was. <laughs> it was a question about Russia and NATO and what he would do if, if he were president. And I think his answer was, Putin is a one-horse show. And I was like, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, ben Carson is going to be exiting stage Left or right, fairly quickly, I am convinced of that. Yeah. Uh, I will be fascinated to see if he can even place fourth in Iowa. At one point, he was actually leading in the polls. But um, Carson's departure will probably, in the long run, help Cruz. The media establishment is rallying around a Rubio, sort of. Kind of interesting. They've kind of concluded that... Uh, both Trump and Cruz present disasters for their party, but they see Cruz as even worse. And I thought what was interesting about the debate on, I think it was Thursday night, I heard about two-thirds of it, was the dynamic of the debate. Rand Paul was sniping at Rubio. Christie was sniping at Rubio. Rubio was sniping at Cruz. And, of course, because Trump wasn't there, everybody was sniping a little bit at Cruz. But it's interesting that over the weekend, the New York Times endorsed John Kasich. Uh, John Kasich is not going to do that well in Iowa because he's barely campaigned there. He's put all of his chestnuts, as you were saying, into New Hampshire <laughs> and Gitchigumi <laughs> and the shores of Hiawatha and all that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if John Kasich... Uh, gets any traction after the New Hampshire primary. But I'm really seeing this at this point 
kind of narrowing down to a five-man race because Fiorini faded a long time ago. I'm not even too sure where she was on Thursday. <laughs> she, I don't think she attended the, the veterans rally. At least I didn't hear about her. And Mike Huckabee and Santorum, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, sort of spectral presences in the wings. Are they Remember me. gophers for latte? <laughs> Are they handing out peanuts at uh, Donald Trump's circus shows? I... It's a mystery, and of course, these are two of the previous winners of Iowa. Uh, but it seems to me that the evangelical vote in Iowa has sort of dissipated a little bit this year, and it's not going to be as much of a factor. So everyone's talking about organization, 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 and turnout and all that. I think the turnout's going to be uh, modest. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little higher on the uh, Republican side. Well, there is a big storm on its way yep. through the region, and, of course, that's not really going to impact the caucus participation all that much. But it, it may have, you know, some implications. Other you know, people may have to go hit the grocery store and prepare to be snowed in for a little bit uh, instead of caucusing. Western Iowa sounds like it may be more affected than the urban areas that are farther east, so that may hurt Cruz. But what is Donald Trump going to do if he loses? I think he'll just carry on. Yeah. He's, I think, despite the, you know, bombast and ridiculousness of his proclamations, uh, he seems to be getting better at stumping. Um, he's he's having fun. Yeah. And there's something about this. It's true in sports. Uh, if you're nervous, if you're anxious, you don't perform as well. You tighten up. If you're having fun with what you're doing. Uh, that carries into confidence, and it will take you a long way, uh, even beyond your skill set, if you're comfortable and having fun. And uh, he, he's having a blast. I mean, this is a crazy Mr. Toad's fun ride uh, that he's on, win or lose. Donald Trump is, you know, branding himself across everybody's face in a way that he's never done before. So he won't care if he loses. He'll just go to the next state and keep going. Well, he'll probably win New Hampshire, but it does strike me as it might, it might bruise his ego a bit because he keeps talking about the polls so much. And, of course, this uh, boycotting the debate and attacking Fox News, that, of course, became the, the show of the week last week. Um, I think he called Megyn Kelly a bimbo. You know, does this work? I, I don't know. It remains to be seen if this works, but it, uh, it well, might. Well, it, it, it's an interesting strategy for a Republican candidate since the Fox News votainment industry is, I mean, let's face it, it's a, it's a Republican grist mill. Uh, there's no secret to that. Uh, so to openly uh, attack uh, individuals from, from Fox News is probably going to warm uh, some people's hearts to Trump. Oh, yeah. Fox News, they suck. Trump hates them. That's one more thing I like Trump for. You right. Know, some people are actually going to think that way. Some people are making their decisions on such superficial things. There was a thing on the television this afternoon about a woman caucusing in Iowa today who's changed her mind three times in the last two days. Uh, now she's with Rubio. Uh, was with Trump, switched to Cruz. No, 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 Rubio's the guy. Uh, what these decisions are based on are all very flighty and, you know, sort of 
Oh, look, there's chewing gum at the checkout line at their grocery store. Yeah, I'll get some chewing gum. What the heck? Yeah, it sounds like rolling dice or throwing rosary beads up in the air and <laughs> seeing where they land. Uh, Rubio struck me in the in the debate, by the way, as, as, as like listening to Beaver Cleaver. I mean, <laughs> the guy is just all over the map. He says the most ridiculous things. Um, I, I don't, you know, I know what he's, what he's, what he's up to. He's trying to be like the sane one. He's trying to be all things to all people. He's trying to be, I'm not going to be negative. He is, but I'm he's, consensus he's builder. got a certain nonsensical argument at times about everything that is just strange. He's got this foreign policy agenda that, I mean, it's just factually incorrect. Obama hasn't been going around the world apologizing to anybody about much of anything. As for Donald Trump's agenda, I mean, it's it's remarkable the promises he's made. We're going to have a wall that Mexico will pay for at the Mexican border <laughs> that Mexico will pay for. Uh, we are going to ban Muslims till we can, quote, figure out what the heck is going on. Um, there's absolutely no evidence, by the way, that the uh, San Bernardino attacks have anything to do with ISIS. Mm -hmm. Uh, the debate, unfortunately, on Thursday brought up almost all the old stale issues of the Republican agenda. Uh, of course, most of it was focused, and way too much of it was focused on the immigration uh, sort of the machinations of Ted Cruz and Rubio, whether they flip-flopped, whether they're for citizenship or um, legalization, whatever that distinction means. Really annoying. Uh, Jeb Bush actually probably had his best performance because Donald Trump wasn't there. He wasn't breaking out in hives. And then uh, Kasich was asked such bizarre questions that I kind of wondered what was going on. Um, but the debate and the real issues of the of, of America, the, nothing about the guns, nothing about the Oregon standoff, uh, nothing about the abortion ruling in, uh, in Texas uh, where the the makers of the fraudulent video were mm. indicted. <laughs> you would think that abortion would be one of the big Republican issues. Nothing about that. Um, it sort of went back to the old um, attack dog lines. I think I heard Hillary Clinton's name more than Barack Obama's, more than the Bible, <laughs> more than the American flag. I, I, I felt lost for a while. <laughs> Well, I, I get a feeling that the Republican Party feels lost. I mean, it's at odds with itself, clearly. Um, issues that have consistently been very, you know, good to the Republican uh, Party uh, are disappearing and dissipating. Uh, or they're refusing to acknowledge them uh, at all. Um, abortion. Uh, gay marriage is, you know, we have marriage equality now, civil rights for all. Uh, so that's not an issue anymore. Uh, they're kind of uh, howling in the dark, desperate for ideas, and uh, it just seems to be falling apart in their hands. And Rand Paul is another interesting oddball in the whole equation because his whole message is so out of sync with the entire uh, rest of the, of, the, of the stage up there in terms of what he's talking about. Obviously, he's following a little bit in his footsteps, and libertarianism as such is a big part of the modern 21st century Republican Party that's grappling with all of these things.
But, uh, you know, when Sarah Palin tells the crowd that we're going to, don't you want a commander-in-chief that's going to go kick ISIS's ass? I was like, oh, great, Donald Trump. We're going to have, a, America's going to have another war in, uh, in the Middle East? Is that, is that what Trump is proposing? Uh, they, they kept talking about keeping America safe, but there, wasn't, there weren't any questions about guns. <laughs> and that safety issue. And how interesting that the Zika virus would suddenly pop up. Mm. <laughs> it's the medical scare of the month. Uh, I, I don't know how the media comes up with these things. Uh, obviously, mosquitoes uh, have been causing diseases in, in, in humans and health problems for millennia. Um, I think uh, last year, maybe 500 thousand people died from malaria uh, Obama even mentioned it in the State of the Union I was kind of surprised we didn't get a uh, question about the Zika virus and why Obama is responsible for that for that sure <laughs> but uh, the dog and pony show I think is going to get winnowed a bit uh, Rand Paul will probably stay in the race for a while as a uh, token libertarian but I kind of see this winnowing down to about five candidates. I, Chris Christie, of course, has had the misfortune of having a blizzard hit uh, New Jersey. So he had to leave Iowa for several days to go deal with the snow. Actually go do his job. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bummer for a guy like him who has been pitching to the people of Iowa for nigh on a year now. Yeah. And that is what we call the bad breaks of politics. <laughs> uh, it's, it's almost amusing because uh, it's a natural disaster, uh, not unprecedented. Uh-oh, I hope he doesn't get hugged by the president again. That was considered toxic by many uh, yeah. talking heads on uh, Fox News. I can't believe he hugged the president. He's dead to me now. So, yeah, he had to go back to New Jersey to deal with the snow. Uh, there's famous historical examples of uh, mayors that have been uh, vacationing in the Bahamas uh, when the snowstorm has have hit. Jane Byrne comes to mind. And as for the Iowa caucus, you know, other than Jimmy Carter, uh, over the years there haven't really been that many beneficiaries of winning Iowa. Reagan didn't win Iowa. Romney well, didn't win Iowa. Uh, how long has Iowa been the... I mean, it hasn't always been the first. Well, it sort of emerged in 72 uh, as a result of the mess that was created at the Democratic Convention by M Mayor Daley. Okay. And the, the party activists wanted to take over the, uh, the ball of wax from the party bosses. Huh. And I can see that um, as, as a genuine reform in terms of the nominating process. Um. New Hampshire, of course, used to be the key primary. Lyndon Johnson, by the way, in 1968, after he didn't do very well in the New Hampshire primary, shocked America and announced right. that he wasn't going to run for re-election suddenly. Yeah. Um, so these early primaries have played a role, but the role is vastly overstated. And there's an interesting tradition, by the way, of New Hampshire negating Iowa. Sometimes there's a winner declared in Iowa, and then there's a group of these sort of Yankee independents, and they are independents. They're not registered uh, either Democrat or Republican, 
who negate the result. And that may be the big story uh, coming out of this uh, whole thing because the political scientists, I think, have this right. This is a, a year of the angry voter. Uh, everything is so screwed up. Uh, we got to make America great again. And I keep wondering what what is what does that mean? What, where is Donald Trump going with that phrase? Uh, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, if you look at classic political science analysis, you have a linear diagram and you also have the circular diagram. And sometimes the far left and the far right are allied in terms of the rhetoric. Um, obviously, Trump and Sanders have completely different messages but it was fascinating to listen to some voters uh, interviewed on BBC over the last couple of days who have said they're either going to vote for Trump or for Sanders. <laughs> and I'm kind of thinking, okay, but where do they agree on anything, really, uh, other than Donald Trump used to apparently have some liberal values that have been secretly stashed in one of his casinos somewhere while he remakes himself as Bozo the Clown and seems to be a mag doing a magnificent job of doing it. But uh, Donald Trump's agenda is uh, frightening. If he becomes president, is he going to really do these things? Are we going to see the wall at the Mexican border? Are we going to see another war in Syria and Iraq? That's probably more likely than the wall. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Sadly. We're going to see a 40% tariff slapped on China uh, that, that, that Trump says is going to bring jobs back to America. I remain somewhat skeptical of all of that nonsense because I think it is nonsense. Well, exactly. And, and he can say anything because everybody else is just throwing their nonsense into the uh, cauldron as well. Um, Republicans, in a way, are sort of pinched in from from talking about uh, certain things in a realistic perspective because I don't think at the end of the day they respect their constituency a great deal. Um, there's a lot of people who vote without thinking in this country and, uh, you know, you make the emotional appeal and your job is done as a candidate. Uh, I'm angry and I'm going to do things different. Well, damn, that's what I want. I, even if it doesn't make any sense, I'm going to vote for it because... I'm angry and I want something different. Yeah. So it's it's not really a, a strategy for anything but a win. It, it doesn't really offer any long-term solution for America's problems. And as you rightly raised the question, it doesn't tell us anything about what it means uh, to be a great nation. You know, why isn't America a great nation anymore? We're militarily the most powerful in the world, certainly, although often that's to our own detriment as a nation, spending-wise, yeah, is uh, infrastructure. Right, and how can Rubio claim on national television that America has the smallest air force in, 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 in ever? You know, like, what are you talking about? The United States spends more on defense than the rest of the industrialized world combined. Right. Those are the facts. Yeah, and has been for decades. And Rubio can make this claim in a debate. Um, I'm sure that John Kasich probably held his, his fire because I don't think he sees Rubio 
as a serious candidate. He's 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 been the by far the most aggressive in attacking Trump. But I mean, these statements are just so blatantly false. Right. It's it's unbelievable that anybody running for president can make statements like that. Um, we you can have a debate about whether we need more troops in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, by the way, we still have 3,700 troops in Iraq. Uh, there are ongoing operations against ISIS uh, every day. But the Republicans make it sound like we're not doing anything um, when we are. And you would think, given the uh, prominence of the problems with the Flint water situation, that there might have been a question about infrastructure Indeed. in America. Because infrastructure is at the heart of that problem. You know, obviously there's some incompetence by city and state officials. That's quite clear. But this is about water treatment facilities. This is about municipal, how we treat sewage. And this is not a problem that doesn't exist in other cities in the United States of America. Oh, for sure. It, you can be sure that it does, in yeah. fact. Uh, there's been some follow-up stories uh, that just here in Michigan, of course, in Ann Arbor, we've had the Gelman spill, and that uh, never really went away. Um, Jackson and other uh, Michigan cities have been named. But when you talked about this sort of right and the left coming together, it's a bizarre story from the Free Press last week about the uh, Genesee County Militia showing up uh, with their pistols and their water. They want to do their part to help the people of Flint, too, saying we're here to protect the people of the city Wait, from the government. Do their bullets have lead in them? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> but uh, we're not shooting the water. Um, they but, made the pipes out of lead, by the way, because it's, it's got a low melting point, and this is a composite that... Pipes all over America are exactly are actually are in the people's houses. Right, they tell you to run the water for thirty seconds when you wake up in the morning. If you live in an older house in the United States of America, uh, there obviously were some corrosive additives that weren't treated properly in the Flint water treatment plant. You know where is the the, the why aren't we addressing real problems? Instead, John Kasich has asked some strange question about phone encryption. <laughs> and, uh, well, Ben Carson gave us a recitation of the preamble to the Constitution as a reason to vote for him. <laughs> well, uh, he might give him a B-plus in civics <laughs> because he participated. All who participate are winners. Very strange stuff. Uh, as for a headline in uh, last week's New York Times that I found quite amusing, it says a Trump victory in Iowa would be part of the plan for the Rubio campaign. <laughs> oh, really? Finishing third is going gonna, is gonna to work for Rubio. Uh, how? I mean, I guess it would hurt Ted Cruz, well, but he's supposed to win. And Iowa has become this ridiculous game about beating expectations, whatever that means. This will be, I mean, maybe we're going to see for the first time in a few uh, times uh, in the election cycle an interesting convention. Because I think the Trump success and the Cruz candidacy 
are not something that the you know uh, traditional Republican you know old school Republican party constituency want. And so I think that's what Rubio means by you know oh a Trump victory is going to scare off the real you know true quote unquote forgive the expression intellectual core of the Republican Party, um, and they're going to have to do something to throw their forces behind me. The you, same. You mean, you mean Glenn Beck? Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's supporting Cruz, fortunately. Uh, well, that makes sense because they're both like uh, needlessly hostile and emotionally on tenterhooks. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it is a comedy show. Um, Cruz is, of course, going to going to hang around for a while. I, I I don't think even a second place finish is going to diminish his uh, his desire to compete in the. His uh, ego's just getting stoked. Just up getting in the started, here. Yeah. and he's going to do terrible in New Hampshire. That's yeah. clear, and he knows that. Just as Kasich knows that he's not going to do well in Iowa. Bush has enough money to continue on. But I'm beginning to think that this has become a government program called No Candidate Left Behind. <laughs> the question is, can Cruz get Huckabee, Santorectum, and uh, Carson out of the race? Then he's got a fighting chance, and then you might have a three-way race. And then who does the mainstream get behind? Jeb, Kasich, or the confused Marco Rubio, <laughs> who can't decide what he what he is or what he wants to do, but he's at least got enthusiasm. Gee, Unlike Wally. Jeb. Yeah. Um, well, stay tuned to this station for uh, further analysis and updates. And, of course, the blues, which will be coming your way shortly here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Coming up next, and look for Shemp to become a spokesperson for the Marco Rubio campaign after he finishes Emo. third. Well, hello. Uh, this is Reverend Andrew. This 